from the USA Today Network. Welcome to The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Ross, Chris Eisman, and Steve Edelson. And welcome into episode 12 of The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast. Ryan Ross here with Steve Edelson and Chris Eisman, recapping an ugly week for the Scarlet Knights, Wisconsin 52, Rutgers 3. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this game because what is there to say? And frankly, you don't want to hear about it either because it was ugly. Uh, Rutgers falls to 4-5 and five overall. Uh, Chris, we'll begin with you. Uh, not only do you lose a game like that, you get blown out on your home field, but quite literally uh, some, some injury added to the insult of losing that game with some key players going down for the Scarlet Knights, just making this whole situation worse. Yeah, no question, Ryan. I mean, that was a rough one, especially coming back from the Illinois win. There was some optimism that maybe Rutgers could kind of um, play to that level that they did on the road against Illinois and and kind of try and hold uh, Wisconsin and, and you know, maybe give themselves a chance. Obviously, that didn't happen. The four turnovers hurt. You know, we said it on last week's show that Rutgers hasn't given hasn't turned the ball over in any of their wins and they have in each of their losses. And we saw that again against Wisconsin. So, that was an ugly one for sure. And as you said, the injuries uh, certainly didn't help. Um, I guess we'll start with the, you know, the most significant, I guess, just because of the kind of the long-term meaning. Um, uh, Aaron Cruikshank, who is uh, such a dynamic weapon on offense as a wide receiver and then as a returner on special teams, uh, he's done for the year. Uh, he suffered a knee injury against Wisconsin. Um, that's just a tough blow for Rutgers and, and Krukshank, and you got to feel bad for him. I mean, he, he had missed two games with a shoulder injury that he suffered against Michigan State, comes back to play against Wisconsin, which is his former team, um, and, and, he, and he hurts his knee, and he's done for the year now. And, and that's just – he's such a dynamic weapon. Um, he's been such a reliable target for, for Noah Vigil. So that certainly will hurt Rutgers, and, and you know, there's no question about that. Um, other injuries is uh, Noah Vedrill. Um, he suffered an injury in the third quarter. Uh, we don't know what his status is for this week. Um, Greg Schiano said on Monday that he believed that he could progress in practice as these days kind of go. Um, but then he said there's a chance he's available, but it was essentially on Monday. He said it was too soon to tell. Uh, basically, I'm kind of you know paraphrasing him at this point. You know, it was too soon to say whether or not Noah Vegel will be able to uh, go against Indiana. Um, and Rutgers also um, lost Olakunle Fadakasi to an injury against uh, Wisconsin. We don't know his status for Saturday either. So it's sort of more wait and see with those two players. Um, you know, that'll be some intrigue going into that game is to see if they're available, especially at quarterback. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a tough game for Rutgers in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. With that said, I mean, clearly just burn the tape of that game. You got to move forward. And, it, you know, this is the biggest game Rutgers has played in a long time. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you talk to any coach who's trying to do a rebuild, you need that extra month of practice by getting in a bowl game. That's how you get your team better. And if you don't get that, you're losing ground to other programs. And in addition, you need your recruits to see you in a bowl game. And it it, it can still happen. But if you don't beat Indiana – you know, there's no way. Essentially, the last two games are going to be meaningless because if you can't beat Indiana, you're not going to be Penn State and Maryland in successive weeks. So this is an absolutely huge game. Just put Wisconsin out of your mind. Focus on this. Um, you know, it could it could all be looking very good come uh, come Sunday if you can win this. Yeah, and I mean, look, you know, 
at this point, we don't necessarily know which Rutgers team is going to show up week to week. And I think that that's just kind of speaks to the challenge of a rebuild. And Greg Schiano said it on Monday that when you're rebuilding, consistency is what a rebuilding program lacks. And I think we have seen that time and again this year, that you just kind of are always a little bit uncertain of which version of Rutgers is going to show up week to week. If the best version of Rutgers shows up and the one that showed up against Illinois, then they're going to give themselves a really good opportunity to win on the road against Indiana. But we'll see if that's the case. And it's kind of the ebb and flow of just the excitement around this program. Uh, you know, that loss Saturday reminded me of the Ohio State game where Rutgers was three and one. They had a good showing at Michigan. People were excited about this program. They're starting to turn the corner and they get blown out by the Buckeyes. And then yet here we are again. Rutgers gets a nice win. They're back in the bowl conversation. Then you have an opponent come in and do that to the Scarlet Knights on their home uh, home turf. So it's the ebb and flow of, of the excitement around this program. And like you said, Chris, it's part of the rebuild. But they're right back in the mix with a win on Saturday against a beatable team. You mentioned uh, Greg Schiano talking about the rebuild. We actually have some sound from him from Rutgers Athletics talking about that very subject. Yeah, experience is a good thing uh, for sure. The only thing the first time is, you know, when you don't know what you don't know, you just keep swinging harder and harder. Now, sometimes you're swinging harder and harder into the wrong direction. But um, that's a beauty of youth, right? Experience, though, I think outweighs that. At least I hope it does. Because, you know, I'm, I, not only my own experience, but a lot of the coaches on our staff have been through it. So, um, yeah, we, we're, we're moving it in the right direction. We just got to keep it, keep it going. You know, I told you, coming out of Northwestern, the tip of the plane was kind of, then we kind of pulled it up, and then this one really in, and we got to pull it up again, right? That's the consistency is what lacks in a program when you're building it. When you get it going, then that consistency is something that, you know, because it becomes the expectation. It's not a, you know, it's not the exception when you win a game in the Big Ten, right? That becomes the expectation. We haven't gotten there yet. I think he means the metaphorical plane. Obviously, Rutgers had a safe trip home from Northwestern, but that was Greg Schiano comparing uh, Rebuild 1 at Rutgers back in 2002, 2003 when he took over to Rebuild 2 now. Uh, nice to hear that. Obviously, he has experience doing this, and, and he keeps saying it, and you hear him say it every single week that change is coming. They're going to turn the corner. We talked a lot about kind of the expectations of this team throughout this series. Where are they now, Chris? I mean, they, they have a winnable game. They, they have some injury issues. They, they might have a new quarterback on Saturday, depending on Noah Vedral's status, but this is still very much a, a bowl game that is within reach for Rutgers if they can just take care of business. Well, it is. And there's no question. And, and you said it earlier that it's almost like week to week with the ebbs and the flows. It's like the season's lost. Okay. Now it's not lost anymore because they won a game. Now they're back in bull contention. And now the, now the season's lost again because they had a bad loss. So it's like it's it's up and down. And I think now you have to just really look at it as, and, and this is so cliche, but you have to look at each week as a one game season. And I sound one like game a at a time, coach. <laughs> one game. You have to control the controllables. No, but I mean, really, it's like just go, go to Indiana and play at your best and, and you know, try and get a win there against a, a team that certainly has struggled. Um, the thing is, is that the way that Rutgers has played, I don't think, you know, as much as a, this might be a winnable game and as much as Indiana might be a beatable team. Rutgers has to improve on its own, has to figure out its own issues. And we've said that so many times this season or else it's not going to matter who they're playing. So I think that you look at this Indiana game and you go, okay, if Rutgers can play at its best, then it has a legitimate shot. 
And then you have to go on the road against Penn State. Obviously, that's a tough game, as we all know. And then you come back home and you finish your season against Maryland. The thing with that Maryland game is, and there's a very good chance that Rutgers is going to need that win to get a bowl, win, a bowl bid, and they have not played well at home. They haven't uh, beaten a Big Ten team at home since 2017. So, you know, that that's a, a very important game, and they might have to break that home conference lose, uh, losing streak uh, to secure a bowl bid. So, listen, I mean, they have three win, three games left. They need two wins. There are beatable teams there, especially against Indiana and Maryland. I think that they just have to figure out their own issues and 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 try and you know play at their best to do what they have to do and get those wins. But again, not necessarily going to be easy. And, and just in the hypothetical space, if Noah Vedral is not able to go on Saturday, what are we looking at for the Rutgers quarterback situation? Is this a Gavin Wimsat situation, or are there other options uh, at the quarterback position for the Scarlet Knights, Chris? Yeah. So when Vedral was knocked out of the game against. Um, Wisconsin, Evan Simon took over, um, and then Cole Snyder got some snaps later in the game. We did not see any Gavin Wimsat. Um, Wimsat hasn't played since that big play against uh, Illinois. You know, of course, that's a big question. Will we, will we see him again against Indiana? Um, you know, we, that remains to be seen. In terms of Simon and Snyder, it's always kind of been neck and neck with those two guys. Like Greg Schiano said, neither one of them have ever really necessarily kind of like taken a big jump over the other one and separated himself in that battle. So I don't know. And, and it kind of is like a case-by-case basis, essentially. You know, they kind of decide if, if Vedral's out of the game, they sort of decide what the situation is dictating, who they feel like they want to go with. So against Indiana, it you know, we really don't know who it's going to be if Vedral can't go. Um it, you know, Shiano said on Monday that it's kind of going to be they're just going to start funneling plays during pra- in practice as the week goes on to whoever they think is going to get the start. So at this point, you know, whether it's going to be Simon or Snyder, like I said, if Edgel can't play, you know, that's that's the big question right now. I think absolutely Wimsat has to play in this game. I'm not saying he has to start, but you're at the point where he can play in every game now the rest of the regular season and maintain his redshirt season. You know, Indiana, well, this is a game. Let's put him in and let's see what he can do. And and maybe you catch fire. Maybe he looks really good. And maybe you you run with it for a little bit. Um, You know, I think, I mean, we know what's what, what Simon and Snyder can do, you know, I think it's it's time to take a little bit of a look at Wimsat in these last three games. I think that's going to be critical. Well, let's get into our Indiana Indiana preview. We talked to Dustin Dopierak yesterday from the Bloomington Herald Times and the Indy Star. Rutgers fans, pay close attention because Dustin knows the ins and outs of this Indiana team. He provides a great scattering report for us. So let's get to our interview with Dustin. <laughs> And we're now joined by our colleague from the USA Today Network, Dustin Dopierak. You might catch his Indiana Hoosiers coverage in the Bloomington Herald Times and in the Indy Star. He's here to give us a scouting report for Saturday's game between Rutgers and Indiana. Dustin, thanks so much for being here today. How are you doing? Doing well, man. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, a game coming up on Saturday. Uh, Rutgers off a loss. They're heading out to Indiana. And what's just the general overview of this team? Uh, two and seven on the year, but what are some things that they do well and maybe some areas where they struggle? Oof. Well, um, <laughs> I, I guess the general overview is just that it wasn't supposed to be like this. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that uh, and so a, a big piece of that is who they're going to be going forward is how are they going to handle the fact that literally all the dreams are gone now? 
Um, you know, even, even up until last week, there's still the hope that, okay, well, maybe you're bowl eligible. And for Indiana, obviously, as you know, being bowl eligible was still a thing. They would have still been happy about that as much as that still would have missed the mark uh, on what they were looking for. I mean, after last year, they go six and two, six and one in the Big Ten in the 2020 season, um, you know, second in the Big Ten East you know, took down Penn State, took down Michigan, uh, gave Ohio State a game on the road, brought most of that group back and thought to themselves, well, this team should be able to challenge. Didn't know if they were able to take down somebody like Ohio State, but thought they, they ought to be, you know, right there with uh, you know those other programs that they were able to beat a year ago. Um, and a lot has gone wrong at, at, in, in different ways. I mean, for one thing, they're on their third quarterback. Uh, with Michael Penix having gone down with a shoulder injury and Jack Tuttle having gone with a foot injury. Uh, and they've been, you know, playing a, a true freshman and Donald McCulley, extremely talented guy, um, but, you know, wasn't even involved in spring practice, was playing basketball for, at his high school, uh, was a star up at Lawrence North, and they were in the state finals. So, I mean, that was a thing he wasn't going to pass up because he was like, man, this is once in a lifetime deal. I got to do this. And he didn't come in until spring, figuring he was going to redshirt. Well, couple guys go down and, and he hasn't had a choice. He had, he's had to come out. I mean, I think he's been impressive for what he's done, um, but that's certainly not a situation you want to be in. Don't know if that's going to progress. Apparently uh, both Penix and Tuttle are back practicing this week. Don't know if those guys are going to be available or not. Uh, Penix has been out since October 2nd. He got hurt against Penn State. Tuttle got hurt against Michigan State against on October 16th. I thought he was going to be further behind, um, but both of those guys are apparently close. They're apparently throwing, so there's a chance they might play, which just makes it a kind of awkward situation to start with. I mean, you've got three quarterbacks trying to get reps how do you figure out who goes uh, that has a chance to be a, a mess this week. Um, so the quarterback issue and, and Penix and Tuttle weren't playing well from the beginning. So that, that sort of needs to be mentioned as well. Penix was coming back off an ACL tear uh, at the end of last year. I mean, he was very, very productive before that, uh, but against Maryland, he scrambled, he ran out of bounds, you know, towards ACL. Um, and he seemed to be perfectly fine physically when the season started, but just didn't seem to have his rhythm and, you know, it seemed to kind of have the yips. And, and really, since then, the offense really never got going um, because he didn't. And then they brought Tuttle in and he was just OK and starting to find a rhythm, throws a touchdown pass against Ohio State, you know, a, a really good first drive. And he gets hit by two. Their two tackles come up the middle and clobber him. So and and that I think that whole thing has just made it tough for the offense to get going. I'm doing a piece on the wide receivers today. Uh, the wide receivers have two touchdowns this year, this season. Um, and not, both of those came against Idaho, both of them. So they had, there's not a wide receiver touchdown since week two. Um, so that tells you something about where things stand as far as the offense is concerned. Uh, offensive line has been kind of a wreck. Obviously, that leads to some of your quarterback trouble. Uh, haven't been able to run that ball particularly well. They lost a couple transfers, you know, sort of midseason guys. Another guy got hurt. Um, basically, USC transferred. Stephen Carr has been the guy, um, and the guys behind him left. And now uh, he had an ankle injury and, and don't know if he's going to play this week. So they might be starting walk-ons of running back. Um, so really on offense, there's not a lot of good. Peyton Hendershot is sort of the only bright spot. He's been their leading receiver. I think he's maybe equal with Fry Fogel and catches. I think he's ahead of him in yards, has four touchdowns. He's been the one guy on offense they've been able to rely on. Defense, they've been better. Um, they have not been great. They've had some moments, certainly against Michigan State, they did a good job of, of holding down Kenneth Walker. Uh, that was really impressive. Probably the, the biggest mark against Kenneth Walker's uh, Heisman um, push at this point is probably that game. I, mean, I think they kept him to like maybe 25, 26 yards in the first half, maybe 84 for the game. Uh, Micah McFadden, their middle linebacker, is terrific. Um, 
had got a lot of good production from a couple of transfers up front. Uh, Ryder Anderson, the defensive end from Ole Miss, uh, uh, Weston Kramer, the defensive tackle from Northern Illinois. Those guys have been really productive, and they've, they've gotten some pieces there. Even Cam Jones, the other linebacker, has been pretty good. Uh, secondary was supposed to be the strength, though, and they've really gotten hit hard by injuries there as well. Taiwan Mullins had a, a nagging uh, ankle thing, and he was a preseason All-American, All-American last year, uh, and really hasn't just been able to get going. Had a really good performance against Western Kentucky, and since then he's barely been on the field. Uh, so that's been a major issue and they've had to shuffle. They have some depth at cornerback, so they've been functional still. Um, but him and also Reese Taylor is a guy that's been out, and they've had injuries at safety as well. That Devon Matthews missed some time. Um, and, uh, you know, it, their Husky position, Marcelino McCrary ball has been just okay. So that that group was supposed to really bolster them, and it's just just been just all right. And, and they've had breakdowns against some better passing teams. Ohio State was able to throw all over them. Maryland was able to throw all over them. Uh, and even Michigan, uh, who does not throw the ball very much, they gave up some splash plays through the air against Michigan. That's the sort of thing that was not supposed to happen. So really, um, really the perimeter, I think, on both sides of the ball is a place where they were strong last year and are not strong this year. You mentioned Donovan McCulley, and obviously, you know, he, he was never supposed to be starting at this point this early in his career as a freshman. Yeah. Uh, but he was a high-level recruit, a four-star kid. Um, what has stood out to you about the way that he has run this offense? Um, you know, in the, in the starts that he's gotten, what you know, what what kind of stands out, and what can the Rutgers uh, expect? You know, I mean, he, he grew up fast. I think it's it's definitely one of those things where you can tell a lot of maturation process when it comes to a quarterback. It only has so much to do with age. But it's basically when they throw you into the fire, you grow up fast. Uh, it's it's sort of a, like a similar progress every time is that if, if you get thrown in, in the middle of the game, you're a mess. And that doesn't stop from the time you get thrown in until the game's over. Once you get a whole week when you are the guy and everything is sort of they, you know, the coaching staff figures out who you are, what you can do. And, you know, you really figure out not just the playbook, but how to put that into action. I mean, obviously it's one thing to look at the pieces of paper and say, well, this is where this guy is supposed to go. It's being able to read it, look out and say, okay, where's this linebacker going to be? Where's the safety going to be? Where are my windows really? And can I throw it in there and get more comfortability with that, that you figure out who you are and, and your staff figures out who they are. And, you know, that's kind of the biggest leap a quarterback ever makes is that first week when he's the guy um and McCauley made a big leap I think you've got to really give him credit for what he's been able to do since but it's just again I mean he wasn't he wasn't there for spring practice he was still in high school he comes in fall camp they really liked what they got out of him in fall camp um but you know what they've been doing which I think is a lot of programs do is your third team quarterback is your scout team quarterback I mean he got some first and second team reps from time to time just to make sure everybody still knew who he was but up until the beginning of October, he was running scout team mostly. That's where most of his reps were coming. Um, so he was second teamer from the time that Penix went down until Tuttle went down. So that pushes him along. But they also had to move Tuttle along um, and, and get him into first string mode. Um, so it, it really was not until the end of October that he really became the guy. And since, he, since he's been there, I mean, you see really good arm strength, really good arm talent. It's raw. He still doesn't, I think, have a total sense of, you know, can I fit it in this window here, you know, and, and, and going from going into your second and third progression and, and knowing what's there and being able to trust that something else is going to open up over time. Um, he, I think he had some moments against Maryland where he, he threw some big downfield balls. Um, he didn't see as much of that against Michigan. It seemed like Michigan was really trying to make sure you're, you're not going to beat us deep kids. You know, you take your check downs and that's all you're getting from us. Um, and so, you know, he, he, I thought he did a pretty good job of that. I mean, he hasn't really, he hasn't made big mistakes where total and panics were turning the ball over a lot. McCauley really hasn't. Um, so the arm talent is definitely there. He's six, five, he's a big kid. He's going to get bigger. Um, really, really good athlete, clearly the fastest of the three by a long shot. I mean, I think, um, you know, like, uh, Penix is not 
the greatest scrambler. That's not really his thing. He can make it work from time to time, but not really. Uh, Tuttle showed a little bit of that. I mean, both of those guys are just, are just okay at, at making plays with their legs. But McCauley, that's going to be a real thing for him. Um, you know, if, if this does end up being his job, and, and it's it's going to be competitive for him going forward. I mean, you know, because of all the whole COVID deal, if Pennick and, Pennick and Tuttle want to stick around, they've got two more years if they want them. Um, and they bring in, they also had a, a, a redshirt freshman, Dexter Williams, who tore his ACL in the spring. He's been out all year. He's the guy that, that's, you know, put up some really big numbers in Georgia and he's got to going to have a chance to be a part of this as well. And then they're ringing in a, a three-star kid from Texas, Josh Hoover, who's really put up some big numbers this year down there. Um, so it's going to be competitive uh, next year for him and going forward. It's not definitely McCauley's job, but it can be. And I think he can be that it is a, a possibility that McCauley can be a stud in the big 10 uh, for the next couple of years. If we're going to provide he keeps the job. And Greg Schiano, he's well aware of what he can do at the quarterback uh, position. Uh, here's what the Rutgers head coach had to say about not only the Hoosiers quarterback, but some of the different looks that they can give on offense. They are uniquely different depending who's playing. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. They, they uh, literally, when you watch them last week, uh, they're different. So you just try to do your best. You make some assumptions, but you better be ready for everything, right? Um, that's really, you know, we've been here before. Over the years, that's happened many a time, and you try to find out as much as you can. But, you know, coach has been around a while. He's not gonna he's not gonna be volunteering information. Coach Allen's coached this game a long time, and he knows how to play it close to the vest. So we'll we'll do our best to be ready for whatever they come out and do. And the good thing for us is the mix we get from our own offense, from our season in the Big Ten, and then the last two weeks, we've basically seen it all except you know true wishbone uh, football. So we have at least a, a background in a lot of it. Um, but when you look at what their current quarterback does, it's a lot of quarterback run game. It's quarterback gap schemes, which really are different, right? That changes the math in a big way. And gap schemes are when you pull people. It's a down, 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 pull people around, and then the quarterback follows. And there's usually fakes off it to make you you know, go defend other things. And then here comes this big six foot five quarterback running downhill who runs like a running back. He gets down, it's behind his pads, and he's a physical runner. So yeah, it'll be uh it'll be a challenge. Thanks again to Dustin Dopierak from the Bloomington Herald Times and the Indy Star. An in-depth look at the Indiana Hoosiers football team. Great stuff from Dustin there. We appreciate him coming on the show. Let's get to our predictions for this game on Saturday from Tipico Sportsbook. Rutgers are six-and-a-half-point underdogs. They are getting six-and-a-half on the road. The over-under, 43-and-a-half. Uh, Chris, how do we see this one playing out on Saturday? Dustin picked the Hoosiers to win. How do you see things going? Yeah, well, first of all, it'll be nice to be going back to the state of Indiana. Um, at some point, I'm going to have to start paying taxes there, I think. But <laughs> I, um, I I think that Rutgers is going to win. I, I think that this is a game that they know that they have to win. And I think that this is kind of going to be one of those games like it was against Illinois, just kind of a gritty, at times ugly, grinded out type of win type of Big Ten game in cold weather. It's supposed to be only about, I think, like 45 degrees on Saturday in Bloomington. So I think that Rutgers will do just enough to get the win. I'm, I'm, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be about, you know, 17-10, something in that range. Um, but I think that Rutgers will, like I said, will do enough just to get the win and, and kind of escape with the, you know, much-needed victory to even the record back up. Steve, how about you? 
You know, I I do agree with Chris here. I, I think Shiano's going to have this team ready to go. You know, it was kind of embarrassing the way they performed at home last week. Uh, you're going on the road. They've played better on the road for whatever reason this season. Um, I, I think they do co- go in there against a team that it's going to be a competitive game. I think they get a, a close win too. Um, you know, they're getting six and a half. I, I am, I'm going to say 24, 17 Rutgers. Uh, the part that worries me here is, is Indiana. They're, they're two and seven. They've lost five straight. I know they're, they're six point six and a half point favorites at home. When you look at this, this is a game Rutgers should win. And that's what makes me nervous because, you know, you know, you look at all the stats, you look at what Indiana's done with the revolving door at quarterback. They've had injuries and, and issues as well. This is a game that Rutgers should win in my mind. And that's what makes me most nervous. I think it's going to be low scoring, especially if, if Rutgers has a new quarterback starting there based on their injuries. They've had other injuries, as we mentioned on the show. It will definitely be, I think, under 43. I just don't know if they win. I, after seeing how they played last night, not taking or last week, not taking care of the ball. I, I just, it's hard to say that they win. So unfortunately, I'll be the Debbie Downer on the show this week. I say Rutgers loses a tight one, maybe by wow. four, and they go under 43 and a half. It's, it's the eye test. Once again, it's, it's just hard to say. Uh, that they they come away with a win in this I one. I think this so. is the first time we've had disagreements in our prediction segment. <laughs> well, I think we did. We all have the over last week because I think well, obviously one team took care of that again. Debbie Downer, sorry, sorry about that. But it, it's it's a tough one and it's a game they should win. Prove me wrong, but that's what makes me most nervous. So I guess we'll find out if Rutgers once again can save the season on Saturday. They've saved the season a couple times. It seems like this season. Uh, we'll see if that's able to happen again. That's going to do it for the chop episode 12. Again, thanks to Dustin Dopirak for joining us for that Indiana look. Uh, thanks again to Chris and Steve. Be sure to read their Rutgers reporting on app.com and northjersey.com. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, hit subscribe. You've got a bunch of episodes left to wrap up the rest of this season. So stick with us as we follow Rutgers uh, attempt to make it into a bowl game. Of course, we'll be back next week to break down this Indiana game and preview upcoming games. Thank you for listening to The Chop, episode 12. Steve, for Chris, I'm Ryan. We'll talk to you next week.